What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Amber Latrice, and we are back for another episode of Word and Wine. Today's Word and Wine, we are partnering with a beautiful 2019 tap water that had the potential to be a tap water because you know what? Fasting is a real thing and a real necessary thing. Can I get an amen, somebody? Today, we are going to jump into the word. We are going to be looking at the parable of the 10 virgins that can be found in Matthew 25 verses 1 through 13 reads. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, The others came, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Man, I love that parable on so many different levels, but it also confuses me on so many different levels. Like I read it and I have a higher level understanding, but then I have so many questions like why 10 virgins? What's up with these arbitrary details? And why couldn't my fam be late? Like, I'm just saying, I may not be the late one, but I have friends that tend to be late to events and occasions. I'm like, what? They can't get in. My friends can't get in. I know they came late, but they can't get in. And then also, I'm like, why can we not share the oil? Like, isn't that the Christian thing to do to share? So I had all these questions about this parable, like when when I first read it, and it was so cool for it to come up again. Because while I was studying and researching and praying and gaining revelation, I got a few answers to some of the questions. Uh, Now, if you listened last week, you heard the disclaimer, but I'll give it again. I do not claim to be some master theologian. I just, you know, flow with the Holy Spirit and use the revelations that I gained from the reading and the studying and the experiences in my life to share what I learned in these passages. So you know what, rock with me 
or don't if you have any questions or if you want to discuss anything you know you can always reach me my ig is i am amber latrice and my email is amber at amberlatrice.com that is a-m-b-e-r at a-m-b-e-r-l-a-t-r-e-c-e dot com like always feel free to hit me up if you have a difference of opinion or if you found something that you had never seen before or if you have extra revelations to uh impart upon me bring it on please I love having greater and more thorough understandings of the word so getting into some of the revelations that I found with the word and some of the things that I learned from operating in that space uh culturally um for the last couple months uh was kind of cool so the first thing that I always questioned was like why 10 virgins like what is the significance of 10 virgins like if you're gonna tell the story Lord right why choose 10 like and I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm one of those people that like sometimes over spiritualize things. So I'm like, oh, virgins, purity, all this stuff. And I got the opportunity to operate in this culture and gain some cultural context and kind of learn that back then you needed 10 witnesses in a wedding. Like for your wedding to be official, from my understanding and from my research, you needed 10 witnesses in the wedding. So the significance of the number was really based on the culture that he was speaking to and the people that he was imparting this knowledge upon then. And I think that's so dope. And even beyond that, they would have this wedding procession, processional procession. You guys know what I'm trying to say. They would have... The, the wedding party would all have lit torches and they would all go in at the same time in an effort to avoid wedding crashers. So when my homie showed up late, they weren't with, they, they, they weren't with everybody else. So if I'm at the door, <laughs> if I'm at the door and I'm working and the door is shut, and you show up, and you're not with anybody, I'm not gonna go get the bride or the groom to confirm who you are, no, it's mad disrespectful for you to not have prepared yourself to be with the wedding party when they came in, so it was cool to like learn that aspect of the importance of just like having the oil in a practical sense, now the other piece was like the spiritual aspect of it. So you had the five wise virgins that stayed prepared. Like they were prepared. They brought extra oil and everything. So dear friends, when we travel next time and I overpack because I am an overpacker, I don't want to hear nothing from none of y'all because I'm just trying to be like the five wise virgins. That's all I'm saying. Y'all could be out here like the five foolish ones only packing one outfit or whatever. I'm trying to be like the five wise virgins. I'm trying to be prepared for whatever comes my way. So it was just kind of cool though to see that you had these five wise virgins that prepared. And then you had these five foolish virgins that did just enough to get by now hopping back for a second one of the things that I also learned culturally was um 
these five, these 10 virgins were bridesmaids. I always thought like, we are the bride of Christ. The bridegroom is coming. I always in my mind thought that the 10 virgins were brides. They're actually bridesmaids. And the significance of the virginity piece, uh, because that was something that I wondered once I found out they were bridesmaids, I was like, what's the purpose? Um, Because I've been in weddings with people that are married and married bridesmaids. Um, So I always wondered like, what was the significant significance? The significance was back in that day, uh, culturally, your bridesmaids were going to be single women. And in a lot of these cultures, marriage is like an end goal in life. Uh, Not so much in American culture for a lot of people for some people, but in this culture, like marriage was the end all be all. So, you know, you get to be put on display. Now I have been a bridesmaid, not yet a bride. So I have been put on display a couple times. So that's what the significance of them being 10 virgins and being bridesmaids are. Um, it's based on the idea culturally back then if you're a bridesmaid you're going to be a single woman and based on cultural significance then if you're a single woman you're also a virgin so there we go with the 10 virgins now back to the five wise versus the five foolish the other thing that I always wondered was why the oil couldn't be shared like it seems like just kind of intuitively it seems like the Christian thing to do is to share the oil like to share the oil with your homies like come on like it's the Christian thing to do we're supposed to give and and whatnot you know what I'm saying and what I learned from a lot of the different parables is that they simply describe characteristics that we should embody and instead of thinking of them individually, you kind of have to think of them cohesively. Each of them provides a different characteristic that you should consider embodying or that you not even just should consider that you should embody. And in this parable of the 10 virgins, they're talking about spiritual preparation. And the truth of the matter is spiritual preparation is for the most part an individual journey. While you may have people that come into your life to assist you and provide tools to help you prepare. I mean, if I think about it and I'm at the gym and I work out by myself or I'm at the gym and I work out with a personal trainer, the personal trainer is not the one that's working out for me. I'm still working out for myself. He is simply there as a means of assisting me to get to that final goal. He is just still there or she is still there as a tool to help me progress. So in the realm of spiritual preparation, it's the same general idea. You are operating in this space as an individual. You may have people that come into your life that assist you, or you may have people that operate as a tool or things that operate as a tool to get you to that space that you need to be in, but it is an individual journey. So when I'm thinking about the five wise versions versus the five foolish versions. The five wise versions couldn't give their oil because it's not something that can be given. I can't ensure your interest into heaven. I can share the gospel. I can pray with you. 
I can fast with you. I can study with you. But it is up to you to take that step of salvation. It is up to you to walk into those spaces of discipleship. It is up to you to take ownership of your obedience. It is up to you to do all these things in the realm of spiritual preparation. Just like my personal trainer can't work out for me at the gym. I can't prepare your spirit for you. Or whoever's around you, they can't prepare your spirit for you. That is something that you have to do on an individual level. Our relationship with God is our own. We always joke around and say, oh, he knows my heart. But the truth of the matter is he does know your heart. So what does your heart look like? Does your heart look like a heart that's prepared to receive? What is your heart posture? What does your life look like? Does your life look like a life that is full of spiritual preparedness and preparation? Does your life look like the wise versions or does your life look like the foolish versions? And here's the thing. No one can answer that question except for you. So I have a challenge for you. I challenge you to examine your heart. I challenge you to examine your relationship. I challenge you to examine your spiritual preparation. Because at the end of the day, you are the only one that knows the truth about it. Whatever it is that's going on, it is between you and God. You can put on a mask. You can Rock whatever facade you want to rock. But at the end of the day, that space of relationship, that space of ownership, that space of obedience is between you and God. So I challenge each and every one of you, each and every person that's listening to this podcast, I challenge you to examine your Self. And if you notice in that space of examination that is off, I challenge you to fix it. Because the truth of the matter is, I don't want to be in a situation where there's five wise virgins and five foolish virgins. I want to be sitting around with 10 wise virgins ready to go when the bridegroom returns. How about you? Y'all, I want to thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. And as you think about those things I challenged you to do, I want to say thank you for tuning in. And I'll see you next time on Word and Wine.